Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second episode of the Dolgan Takes Podcast. I am here with a special guest, Matthew Gauza. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm doing good today, David. Thank you. Uh, as we know, I'm David Dolgan, host of the Dolgan Takes Podcast. We'll be talking about many different types of sports, NFL, MLB, NBA, whatever is big in sports news. Today, we're going to start off with talking about the rookie quarterbacks, NFL preseason debuts, Matthew Baker Mayfield had a good day against the Giants. He um he was went eleven for twenty with two touchdowns. What are your takes on this game? I believe this is a great game for Baker Mayfield. I think it's it's showing that he can live up to the hype of being the first pick. But you know, it's still preseason, everyone forgets that. So let's not get overshadowed by it. it's still he's won against second and third stringers, but I still think it was a great debut for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield definitely filled up the stat sheet. Uh he didn't do the best on completions, he threw eleven for twenty. However, he did have the most yards, two hundred twelve yards, and he also threw for two touchdowns. Um I I was one of those guys that said Baker Mayfield was the wrong pick first overall. Cleveland Browns should not have taken Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think everyone knows that he he could be very good in the league, but he's like six feet tall. You never know. Um, he also has the off the field issues, but he definitely impressed me in this preseason debut. Um, let's look at some of the other quarterbacks. Uh, I didn't really watch him very much, but Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he had he went nine for nineteen, one hundred sixteen yards and a touchdown. Um. What are your takes on this one, Matthew? Now, I also didn't really watch the game as well, but I know that Josh Allen has a cannon for an arm, and if he can uh, meld that well with having a better IQ, I think he can be really a top-tier passer. I mean... He, he can really throw anywhere. So, I mean, this is this is a good debut. I think his completion should be something he should be able to work on, but I think he's, he has a bright future in the NFL. Yeah, Josh Allen definitely needs to work on his completion. I mean, in college, he didn't even throw for 60% of his uh, passes in a conference that wasn't even a, a like a Power 5 conference. Uh, he was playing against mid-major teams. Um, one thing about Josh Allen... I think he could. he's known for that deep ball, that deep accuracy. He could maybe be like a Joe Flacco-type player in the NFL, maybe a little bit better. I, I just don't see Josh Allen being as good as people think he will be. But you never know with Josh Allen. Obviously, having good deep ball, good deep accuracy is good in the NFL, but I think he definitely needs to work on that short accuracy. Um, but he's big, he's tall, he's strong. Maybe he'll do something in the NFL. Who knows? Um, Sam Darnold, uh, who, who's one of my favorite quarterbacks in this draft, he had a great game. I was watching him against the Atlanta Falcons. He was 13 for 18 with 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I saw him on third down and goal uh, from like the 14 through an absolute dart in the corner of the end zone. Uh, from Sam Donald, I just think the guy, he's absolute poise, composure. He's uh, very behaved. And, and he's, he just wants to play football. Sam Darnold had a great debut in his preseason. What do you think about this debut, Matthew? I think we've got to talk about also Teddy Bridgewater, who also had a great debut. I mean, he went 7 for 8. Uh, he had about 80 yards and touchdown. He looked really great on uh, his first drive. I mean, both quarterbacks look really great for the Jets so far. And Darnold looked like a veteran. I mean, that first drive didn't go so well for him, but then he went right back at it, and he completed about 6 out of the 7 on the next drive. And as and Lee looked really like a veteran back out there, and as you said, he threw an absolute dart on that third down to score a touchdown. So yeah, Sam, the Teddy Teddy Bridgewater too. I mean, I think it looks like the Todd Bowles likes him, and he, they're gonna start him and uh, have uh, a guy like Donald uh, 
be the backup behind Bridgewater for maybe a year or two or see how things go. But Bridgewater, man, he looked real good in that first start. With Minnesota, I remember Teddy Bridgewater, he he looked real good. And then he got injured a few times and Case Keenum came in. But I really like this guy, Teddy Bridgewater from Louisville. I've always thought he could do good things in the NFL. Who knows, maybe he'll still have a great career. But, t- yeah, Teddy Bridgewater looks great, too, against the Atlanta Falcons. But, wow, Sam Darnold came in. Um, I mean, 13 for 18, that's that's really impressive. That is really... And then we look at Lamar Jackson. He also had a good game. I mean, completion percentage, not so much. He was 7 for 18. Um, he did have 119 yards, but rushing, he had 21 yards and a touchdown. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be that type of guy that... Uh, you come in the league, and he's going to be like a good playmaker. Uh, maybe a guy like Cam Newton, who's not, he's going to maybe throw for 100, 200 yards a game, but then he'll also rush for 50 yards and a touchdown or two. That's the thing with Cam Newton. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson can be something like that. Maybe not at, quite as good as Cam, but uh, something similar to that. Matthew, what are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson in the NFL? I have to agree with you. I mean, he's been really hyped up. People believe he's the next Michael Vick, which, I mean, that's a high praise for him, but I I don't believe he can live up to that. I think, like you said, he can be kind of like a Cam Newton. He can pass, uh, and he can can really run with the ball, too. He's a playmaker. I don't know if he's going to be ever as good as Cam Newton, but I think he'll be, you know, a decent quarterback. He's a good playmaker. He can make anything happen, so I have a lot of faith he can make in the NFL. Yeah, um... I'm not a huge Lamar Jackson guy, but maybe he'll do something in the NFL, turn, uh, become more of like a running type QB. Uh, Josh Rosen, who is my personal favorite quarterback out of this draft class, didn't have the best game, six for thirteen with forty-one yards, but he didn't throw very much, didn't throw any picks, didn't make any mistakes. He just didn't do anything crazy. Um, it's just, but however, it's just preseason. I don't. It's just one game in preseason. We saw 2017 Cleveland Browns went four zero in the preseason. Same thing with the 2008 Detroit Lions, which are the two worst teams in NFL history. They both had undefeated preseason. So we all know preseason really doesn't mean much. Uh, but I just think those uh, these quarterbacks, just see how they did their first game, first impressions, uh, some good ones, some not so great. But we'll see what ends up happening. Um, let's talk some NBA. Andre Iguodala came out and said that Kevin Durant is the most talented scorer he's ever seen. Uh, I think what he said is completely untrue. But... It's an opinion. What do you think, Matthew? Who's the best scorer of all time, and who does K- where does KD rank among the great scorers? See, that's a tough question, but I'm glad Andrew Godala brought this up because this can lead to a lot of debate. I mean, there's a lot of very talented scorers out there. I mean, Andrew Godala, uh, you know, he's seen Kevin Durant, so he obviously would say that, as many other players say that Ke- Kobe Bryant would be one of the most talented scorers of all time when they saw him play. But I think we all should not forget that there was, there's Michael Jordan, there's Larry Bird, there's a ton of talented scorers out there. I don't know if I would say that Kevin Durant ranks number one in my opinion. I mean, it's, t- it's hard to say he is a talented scorer with his size and his shooting ability, but I would have to say maybe Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, maybe Kobe above him, but he, he's, he's, high, he's ranked highly up there, but I do not believe he's the most talented scorer of all time. Personally, I'm going to analyze what people are saying about Kevin Durant. They're acting like, oh, well, Kevin Durant's the best scorer of all time because he, he, he's as good of a scorer as Michael Jordan and Kobe, but, oh, yeah, he's seven feet and is a better shooter. Completely false what people are saying. Let's look at different seven-footers. The only thing about Kevin Durant 
versus other seven-footers that he's, like, the best at is shooting threes, but he's pretty much tied with Dirk. I mean, Dirk is just as good of a shooter as Kevin Durant at, uh, from behind the arc, so I don't understand where this is coming from. Inside the paint? No, it's not Kevin Durant. That's Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon is a better and more, much more quick and agile finisher than any seven-footer to ever play the game, and Hakeem Olajuwon actually was technically, like, 6'11", but coming from outside and going to the hole, Hakeem was the best at that completely inside the paint, just dominating the paint and just getting to the hoop and jamming it down. I mean, that's Shaquille O'Neal. I, I don't understand where this Kevin Durant hype is coming from. Yeah, he could trib dribble the ball. So could a six-foot point guard. I don't understand why everyone is hyping up Kevin Durant. Let's look at, oh, is he the best scorer of all time? Hell no. He's not the best scorer of all time. Let's look. Let's compare Kevin Durant to Michael Jordan. Okay. Michael Jordan played 11 seasons with the Chicago Bulls. In those eleven, in those eleven seasons, or no, I'm sorry, Michael Jordan played eleven seasons with the Chicago Bulls, where he played twenty games or more. Ten out of those eleven seasons, Michael Jordan won the scoring title. The one season that Michael Jordan did not win the scoring title, he was a rookie, and he scored twenty eight points per game in his rookie season. I I just don't understand how anyone could be even close to as good of a score as that. Um, it, it's just unbelievable to me. How anyone could say Kevin Durant is close to that. And Kobe Bryant is still a much better scorer than Kevin Durant, too. Kobe Bryant, you'll get talent in overall. Kobe Bryant is so much better at getting to the basket than Kevin Durant is. Kevin Durant is not a guy that that just could drive to the basket and finish and score. He's not. I don't see him as that type of guy. Kobe Bryant is crazy, much more athletic than Kevin Durant ever wishes he could be. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and many other guys are so much better at getting to the basket and finishing I just don't understand how people think Kevin Durant is even nearly as good as these type of guys. Uh, it's just I think it's just recency bias. They're stuck in the moment. I just don't I just don't see how Kevin Durant is as nearly as good a scorer as them. Um, what do you think about that, Matthew? I mean, I have to agree with you because I think people that are in this generation can only see how Kevin Durant scores. And I mean, yeah, you can say in this generation he's probably one of the best scorers, but you have to look back. Like you said, I mean, everyone forgets there's players like Akeem. Kobe, Michael Jordan, and Shaquille even, who were just better scorers in their own ways. I mean, like you said, Shaquille, Hakeem, in the post, they, they were unstoppable. And Mike, Michael Jordan, of course, probably the best scorer of all time. I mean, you can't forget about these players. These are all-time greats. And I think a lot of it just comes from, like you said, uh, Kevin Durant's like a relevant player. But I have to disagree with Andrew Godal. There's a ton of, a lot of other players that are much more better at scoring, I believe, than uh, Kevin Durant. Everyone hypes him up, but I believe that there's a ton more. And here's another stat. Kevin Durant's career high in a game is 54. Kobe Bryant's career high in a half is 55. I think that should already sum it up about Kobe Bryant. Clearly he's a better scorer also than Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant will never, ever score 81 in a game. He'll never score... 70 in a game. He'll probably never score 65 in a game. Kevin Durant's not a guy that will go out there and, and he might consistently get you 20 or 30. He's not a guy that will ever, he's not like a relentless scorer like Kobe or MJ were. Kareem, he's not a better scorer than Kareem. Kareem had the most unstoppable shot in the history of the NBA. That He's the all-time leading point scorer. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a better scorer than Kevin Durant. He, he averaged 34 in, in one of his seasons with the Milwaukee Bucks. Wilt Chamberlain, he put up 100 in a game. That should already sum it up. Wilt Chamberlain was just absolutely unstoppable. There were just so many guys uh, that are better scorers than Kevin Durant. I just don't see it. Um, when, let's rank like the top five scores in NBA history. Um, 
Matthew, how about you go first? Just rank the guys, top five, who you think are the best scorers in the history of this game. It's very tough to think about and put together a list. I'm going to try to put together five scores that I think are better than Kevin Durant all time. I, in no particular order here, I think that Larry Bird has to be up there. Everyone forgets. I mean, he was he was just an amazing scorer, a pure shooter. I mean, he was pretty much unstoppable anywhere he was. Uh, Michael Jordan, definitely up there. Like you said, I mean, 28 points in his rookie year already, and that was the only year he didn't win the scoring title. I mean, that I think that's just crazy. His, his accolades are just amazing. Uh, Kareem is definitely up there, I believe. As I mean, he had the most unstoppable move of all time, I would say, with the sky hook. And, I mean, that's why he leads the NBA in all-time career points. I mean, he's definitely up there. Uh, if I had to say in the post, uh, Keem, I mean, if you talk about anyone you want to go against in the post, I mean, he was unstoppable with the dream shake. And, I mean, when he was in the 90s, he basically led the Houston Rockets to two straight uh, final wins. And, I mean... If I had to add another one in there, I would say Kobe Bryant. I mean, those those t- those five guys right there, I believe, are the best scorers or better than Kevin Durant. I mean, Kobe Bryant, like you said, he had an 81-point game. I mean, Kobe Bryant, uh, with the Mamba mentality, he, he could not be stopped. Even when he was having a bad game, he knew he had to shoot that last-second shot or help carry his team. He, he was just a pure scorer in and out. I mean, if like a lot of the players in the league even said that if they had to pick one of the best they've ever seen, they would say Kobe Bryant because of how you, you couldn't stop him when you were against him. So those are my top five in no particular order. I, I'm just going to name, there. to me there are four guys that you cannot argue Kevin Durant is a better scorer than them. There are four guys that are clearly better scorers than Kevin Durant. Michael Jordan, like I said, 10 of 11 seasons with the Chicago Bulls where he played 20 or more games. He won the scoring title. The other season that he didn't, he was a rookie. He averaged 28 in a game. That sums it up already. Completely relentless score. Um, 62.5% of uh, the seasons that he played this year, including two with the Washington Wizards, he won the scoring title. Kobe Bryant scored 81 in a game. His His half career high is higher than Kevin Durant's game career high. Kobe Bryant was such a relentless scorer, way better at getting to the hoop, much more athletic and skilled, uh, better footwork, better post-game, and shooting, it's pretty, I mean, Kevin Durant's a better shooter, but Kobe Bryant's right up there, and he could shoot over defenders at a shorter height. Uh, Kobe Bryant was clearly a better scorer than Kevin Durant. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, most unstoppable shot in the history of the game. Uh, No one could stop it, all-time leading point scorer. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was just unstoppable. He was the best player in the NBA throughout the entire 70s. Uh, then there's Will Chamberlain, who's he, he put up 100 in a game. He was he was so tall, nobody could stop Will. He he was just unstoppable. I mean, with the um, the Warriors and the 76ers, even with the Lakers, Will Chamberlain, he averaged 50 in a season. I mean, that that's just crazy. Um, Another, I mean, I think you could argue George Gervin was a better scorer than Kevin Durant. George Gervin was so athletic and so good at getting to the rim. He had the best finger roll anyone's ever seen. His finishing touch on the ball was just insane. He could just lay it up right up there. He, he had the most beautiful finishing abilities, you could argue, in, in the NBA. Um, there, are, there are so many guys. Rick Barry was great back with the Warriors in the 70s. Uh, everything with Rick Barry. I mean, I'm not saying he was better than Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant was probably a better scorer than Rick Barry. But uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal. There are just so many guys that are just right up there with Kevin Durant. Maybe even better. Um, but those are the 
those four guys, I'd say, clearly, they're better than Scores and Kevin Durant. Um, um, but let's move on to the other topic. Let's let's look at some MLB stuff. Uh, it, it, the Cubs last night walked it off against the Washington Nationals, down 3 nothing. hit a walk-off grand slam to win it 4-3. Uh, that, that was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Matthew? Well, as a Cubs fan myself, it was a crazy thing to see. I mean... When you see that you're going against Max Scherzer, uh, I didn't really have much hope as Max Scherzer looks to be plowing on to win his third straight Cy Young Award this year, and he was stopping the Cubs to the, uh, until the ninth, where the bases were lo- loaded, two outs. It's a like a dream moment, basically. And uh, David Boat, uh, he got a pinch hit, and he hit a walk-off grand slam. I mean, uh, it's like a fairy tale moment. It was amazing to see... Especially as a Cubs fan, a big win against uh, Washington Nationals, and I, I think it's it's a really cool moment to see in baseball like that happen. Yeah, um, it was just an incredible moment for the Chicago Cubs. I mean, that's one of those things when you're in the back in the backyard throwing the ball around. One of those pretend moments, you're down three nothing, but the base is loaded. You hit a walk off grand slam bottom of the ninth inning. It was, I mean, that's incredible. Um, I mean, it was just a dream moment for him. Um, Let's look at the standings in the AL East. The Boston Red Sox, what a hot streak they're on. I mean, they've been hot all year. Uh, they're nine and a half games against the New York Yankees. Just played them in a, in a four-game series, swept them. Great series for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they're, they're, just, they're just unstoppable. I mean, they, they're on pace. They could potentially break that 116-game record that the Seattle Mariners have for wins in a season. Uh they just look unbelievable. What are, what are your what's your take on this, Matthew? I mean, this has been an unbelievable season for the Red Sox. I mean, I think one of the big things was the pickup of uh, J.D. Martinez. I mean, he has been just amazing this season, and he looks to be the next AL MVP this year. I mean, he has about 37 home runs right now. He he's in the race for the triple crown. He's having just one of the best seasons I've ever seen. And I think Mookie, Mookie Bats, their team is just really stacked from top, top to bottom and. David Price has been really playing well, and uh, yesterday uh, Chris Sale came off the DL, and in his first game back he threw 12 strikeouts. I mean that's pretty incredible. I think the Red Sox are really on pace to have one of the best seasons I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean the Boston Red Sox are just absolutely incredible. J.D. Martinez, he could win the Triple Crown this year. That should already sum up what great of a season he's having. I mean the Triple Crown, Miguel Cabrera won it in uh, 2012, but before that. The last person to ever win the Triple Crown was 1967, Carl Yastrzemski, for the Boston Red Sox. It's just a a once-in-a-generation type thing that never happens, and J.D. Martinez of the Boston Red Sox could potentially do it. I mean, he's just looking unbelievable for for Boston, and... um, just it's just incredible what this Red Sox team is looking like. I mean, the Yankees people, the Yankees were coming, and everyone was gonna say they were gonna absolutely uh, win win the series uh, or win, win the AL East to win the World Series. But uh, Boston is just doesn't want that to happen. I mean, uh, the Boston Red, I mean, the Boston Red Sox, nine and a half games ahead of them, and they're on pace to potentially break the Mariners 116 game. Winning uh, wins in the uh, in the MLB regular season in 2001, so it's just uh, incredible for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the NL playoff race, uh, there are multiple teams that that could potentially 
make it in for the NL and the NL wild card. Right now, the division winners in the National League, we got the Chicago Cubs. Um, in the NL East, we got the Atlanta Braves, who are currently tied with Philly. In the NL West, it's Arizona, who's just a game ahead of the Dodgers. Uh, Colorado's also right there with 1.5 behind the um, first place Arizona Diamondbacks. And then we go down uh, the two wildcard teams right now are Philly and Milwaukee. But uh, there are three other teams with a very good chance, the Dodgers, the Rockies, and the Cardinals. What teams do you think will make the playoffs out of the National League, Matthew? I mean, I think the National League is a much more easier place, I would say, than the AL right now. I mean, it, from the AL standpoint, it's a race over there. I mean, the Yankees, out of all teams who are still, you know, having some injuries still going on, but they're still a great team, are in the wild card, are fighting for a wild card spot, all because Boston Red Sox are just killing them. But, I mean, uh, for the NL, I mean, the Rockies could be a really surprised team. They have a ton of great hitters on their team, like Nolan. And, I mean, their pitching is starting to come up a lot better, especially in the hitter's ballpark like they do at home. Uh, it's very tough. I mean, the Diamondbacks, are they have the pieces there, but I would say the Rockies might be a surprise team. I think they come out uh, into the wild card again. They're, they're just a good team with a lot of great hitters on their team. Who do you think out uh, of those teams? Let's see. Well, we look at the NL East right now. Atlanta is winning in the NL East. They're pretty much tied with Philly right now. Um, and then there's also Washington, who could maybe make it with Bryce Harper, but I don't, I don't see Washington making it. And the winner of the NL East, I think, is going to be the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves, I mean, they, however, they do kind of lack experience. <laughs> they look real good. I mean, they were playing the Brewers and were were really playing well against them. Uh, I mean, they got Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson. I mean, the, this Atlanta Braves team, people are sleeping on them. I think they're going to win the NL East. The NL Central, I think, will be the Chicago Cubs. They have the experience. They won a World Series 2016. Uh, 23 years in a row, they've made it to the NLCS. Uh, they Obviously, with Joe Madden, Chicago Cubs will win the NL Central. Uh, the NL West is up in the air. I think the Dodgers will take it with their experience, though. Um, Manny Machado, obviously acquired by the Dodgers. They also got some other pieces there. I think the Dodgers will win the NL West. Um, and then the two wildcard teams, that's really up in the air. I think it will be the Philadelphia Phillies and the... Colorado Rockies. I think the Milwaukee Brewers miss out, just like last year. And I think that uh, St. Louis misses out on the playoffs, too. But the NL race is really up in the air. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch down the stretch. Now that we're looking at the NL, we might as well look at the AL race. Right now, the same leaders have it's kind of always been all year. we got Boston, Cleveland, and uh, Houston. And uh, New York, and now Oakland actually is taking the second wildcard spot ahead of Seattle. Um, so, Matthew, who do you think is is it going to be Oakland? Is it going to be Seattle? Is it going to be both of them? And New York gets knocked out of the wild card. AL wild card, who are the two teams going to be playing for that fourth playoff spot in the American League? Well, it's very tough because so far in the AL right now, a lot of teams are just playing, like, on fire. I mean, if you look at Seattle, they just swept the reigning World Series champs at home, too. I mean, that's a pretty pretty great thing. Uh, it's hard to see say because, I mean... Like I said, a lot of these teams are just playing on fire right now. Like Seattle and Oakland have just been on these huge winning stretches so far. And it's not making a life for a Yankee Yankee fan very easy because if you look, those three teams are possibly fighting for the spots right there. I mean, it's very tough. I think, I think Oakland could surprise a lot of people. I mean, their hitters have just been on fire as of recently. 
I mean, their pitching is starting to come together too. Uh, I think Oakland could surprise people. Yeah. So Oakland right now is actually eight and two in their last ten. They are on fire, and they have been for the last few weeks. I think New York will make it. They're four and a half ahead of the wild card. Um, and I honestly, I'm sorry, Mariner fans, but I think the Seattle is going to miss out again. Uh, they haven't made it to the playoffs. Longest streak in the Big Four since 2001. They have not made it to the playoffs. This year, things were looking good, but I don't know. I, I, I think Oakland will make it in because they are so hot. So They're, they're looking real good. I'm going to say Oakland just makes it over Seattle. Um, so great MLB stuff. Let's look at the NBA. Um, I know it's a little late, but NBA free agency just happened a few months ago. Uh, what are some? What are your thoughts on some of the happenings of free agency, what's going to go down in the 2019 NBA season? Well, of course, everyone's going to look at the biggest free agent signing, which is probably LeBron James heading to Los Angeles. And, I mean, wherever LeBron James goes, they automatically, I believe in my eyes, become a playoff contender. I mean, he has a young starting lineup there with Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Brandon Ingram. I believe that he he has possibly a good chance of making the playoffs and maybe surprising Golden State, but I, I believe they're just too young. I don't know if they could surprise. I think an underrated uh, free agent signing this year could be Isaiah Thomas going to the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I would think that maybe Denver would add some more uh, defenders to their team because they're one of the best offensive teams, I believe, but their def- their defense is just terrible. But I think with the adding of Isaiah Thomas, who could if he returns how he played in, on the Celtics I mean he could be a really surprise free agent pickup for Denver uh yeah those are my big free agency pickups I believe for me uh well the, let's let's just look at how um the 2019 playoffs are gonna go um LA Lakers with LeBron James obviously like you said they're always a contender when you got LeBron on your team they'll they'll definitely make the playoffs I mean there's no doubt in my mind that LA will make the playoffs probably be a top four seed uh, I think L.A., I think they're going to make it to the uh, Western Conference Final, honestly. I, I, I don't see Houston stopping them. I don't think Houston had a good offseason. Maybe uh, San Antonio, to me, had a good offseason just because it didn't look like they were going to get anything out of Kawhi. and ended up getting DeMar DeRozan, who's a pretty pretty good player in this league. Uh, and I think with Popovich, DeMar DeRozan could have a good year with San Antonio uh, and with LaMarcus Aldridge. San Antonio is, is just their sleeper team in the West. I think that L.A. with LeBron will make it to the Western Conference Finals, obviously playing against Golden State, unless they have to play Golden State before the Western Conference Finals. Then I think Golden State wins uh, and then plays whoever is at San Antonio, if it's Houston, Minnesota, okay, so whoever it is, um, it's going to be L.A., Golden State. Whoever wins that matchup will go to the Finals. However, I doubt that will be L.A., um, yeah, Isaiah Thomas the Nuggets. I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe he'll be a good player off the bench. I just don't see Isaiah Thomas being that that huge guy with Denver. He's not going to be like he ever was in Boston, I don't think. Um, and then another thing to look at today, uh, Carmelo Anthony just uh, officially signed with the Houston Rockets. Uh, I see Carmelo Anthony, a pretty good piece. I don't know. I, I don't know if I see because they got they lost guys like Luke Mbamute and Trevor Ariza, who are good wing defend, not great scorers, but Good defenders on the wing. Now they don't have any wing defenders, and they just added Carmelo Anthony, who doesn't play any defense. Good score, but he doesn't really adapt to this catch-and-shoot game like the Rockets have. I just don't see it with uh, D'Antoni and this Houston offense. I don't know if Melo is a great fit with them. What do you think about Melo to Houston, Matthew? Uh, it's tough. Like you said, those were big losses. You know, on the stat sheet, Trevor Ariza and um, 
Luke Mbate, uh, they didn't really show up on the stat sheet, but they were really great defenders for Houston. That's what led them to go to the Western Conference Finals. What I What's the problem with Carmelo Anthony is he's kind of degrading as time goes on, and he's not that same scorer he was so many years ago. And the problem is he's not, I don't think he's going to accept that he might have to take a role on the bench, but as he's been lucky as Houston doesn't really have any small forwards left, but the problem is, like you said, when we watched him in the uh, on the Thunder last year where everyone thought they would be the next big three super team, it proved to be that that wasn't true as he didn't really, you know, perfect the catch and shoot or wasn't used to being the guy, not the being the guy, you know, the number one scorer on the team. So it's going to be tough, especially having Chris Paul and James Harden on the same team where he's going to be not the number one scorer. So I don't know how it could work. I think it's going to be either really good where he can, you know, fit with the team and they could actually surprise people, or it could be really bad as Carmelo Anthony has been shown to, you know, not be, be the best player to be on the team. So I, I'm not sure. It could go either way with them. Yeah, uh, it's interesting with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, let's let's turn the table. Let's look at some college football because college football season's coming up. Something to look at. Uh, why don't we look at who, who are going to be the four teams that make it to the college football playoff? There are a lot of good contenders. We got, obviously, Alabama's always a contender. Defending champions, Nick Saban. Uh, now we got, uh, the, but there's a quarterback controversy with uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. Um, but Alabama always a contender. There's Georgia with Jake Fromm going into his second year. Had a very good freshman year with the Georgia Bulldogs. There are also teams like Miami who could potentially have a good year. They didn't really lose anyone that big. They got that great defense. Uh, I, I like this Miami team a lot. Notre Dame is another one people are looking out for. There's Michigan. There are teams like Clemson with Dabo, that great defense. They got Trevor Lawrence, the best high school quarterback, going to the Clemson Tigers. Uh, there are a lot of good teams in the college football. Uh, let, let's let's make our predictions. Who are going to be the four teams that play that play for the championship in the college football playoff come January? Matthew, what do you think? Well, it's it's tough to say right now, but I think, like you said, I mean, Alabama's for sure, I think, got to be in there. I mean, they're always a contender, no matter who they have on their team. And especially with this recruiting class they've brought in, they have a lot of great players coming out on defense and a lot of players that stayed behind from not going into the draft. I believe they do have a big chance of winning again this year, uh, especially with the two quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts is a great uh, system quarterback, I would say. He's good. But he's not the best. I think that Tua, I think, will end up starting as he just... I mean, if you watch that championship game, he showed a lot of talent as he came in the second half and proved that he can really play. I think Clemson's up there as they're keeping their entire defensive line from last year. That was a, They're, they're going to have one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, I think they're going to have to figure out their quarterback too, especially since they put a lot of faith in Kelly Bryant. But with this new five-star, probably the, the top... Uh, high school quarterback coming in, it's going to be a very tight quarterback race over there as well. I think that, you know, Wisconsin could be up there as they're keeping a lot of their big pieces there. I think, you know, last year they could be a big, they're not going to be a big surprise team this year, but they're going to be big. I think if they can get over the hump of beating Ohio State and other big teams in the Big Ten, I believe they have a chance of making the Big Four. They have one of the best offensive lines in all of college football, and especially they have, everyone forgets, a Heisman candidate in, uh, their running back, who who had over 1,900 yards uh, his uh, freshman year. I mean, this team is not uh, bad. They, from top to bottom, they, they have great uh, players in each position. And to round out that top four, 
I believe that Miami could possibly get in there. Uh, Washington, I think it, it could be a race for that fourth spot, I believe. I mean, a lot of teams are looking really good this year. Uh, but I think Georgia is going to round it out or be in that top four race. Because like you said, with Georgia, their freshman quarterback who played absolutely amazing his freshman year and almost won them in the championship his freshman year. I think they're going to come back, even with losses with uh, the running back uh, Sony. Sony uh, I think they're, they're still going to come back and fill the, the holes that they have in their roster. So I believe those are the four teams that I think are going to make the college football playoff. Um, for my predictions, I'm going to say it's got to be, uh, I think Alabama will make it back once again. They didn't really lose anyone that big. They got their quarterbacks with just bigger, more experience. Uh, Nick Saban, obviously, is always in the race. They have not missed on a college football playoff since the uh, merger started. So Alabama is always a contender. I'm going to say they make it in. I think that another team that makes it in is going to be Clemson. I think they're going to win the ACC and make it in once again for, uh, I think it'll be the fourth straight year if they make it. But uh, Or no, the third straight because, yeah, 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 yeah my bad. The fourth straight year for Clemson. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, they got uh, Trevor Lawrence, who's the best high school recruit going to Clemson. Now they'll finally have a quarterback. Their defense is still great. I think Clemson makes it in once again. Uh, another team that could make it in for me is um, there are lots of contenders, but I think that Washington, people are saying, could make it in for the Pac-12. I think Washington wins the Pac-12. Uh, a lot of people are saying they could do it. I think they will. Uh, Washington looks uh, really good coming into this season. And then the fourth team is another sleeper team. No one has been talking about them, but that's the Michigan State Spartans. They are getting 92% of their team back. They got uh, great talent throughout. They they only lost like three games last year. They they were low-key, pretty good last year. And uh, they got their quarterback, Brian Lewerke, back. Uh, lots of good pieces. I, I think Michigan State will uh, surprise people, win the Big Ten, and win that fourth spot in the college football playoff. Um, everyone, uh, Matthew, anything more you want to talk about? Uh, I believe, you know, speaking about college football, I believe that maybe in the future there's going to be eight uh, open spots for college football playoff. I think that'll make it interesting. Uh, it's not a bit, it's starting to get a talk about topic because a lot of the coaches are bringing it up. I think it would really make the college football playoff a lot more interesting as with eight teams, there's more, more teams getting in the mix. It's bringing new teams in there instead of, you know, the usual suspects with Clemson and Alabama in there in the mix. So it, I think it'll be a good thing to change. I think in the future it'll happen and it'll make college football a lot more interesting. A lot of people are going to be watching it now with eight, eight more teams, like four more teams in there. So I, I think that's, that's, I think, a cool thing that'll be added on later on. Yeah, so um, everyone, thanks for listening. I'm David Dolgan, host of Dolgan Takes, along with Matthew Gaza. Um, hope you're having a great day. Thanks for listening.